This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of the program is upon us. I gotta get myself in the. Uh... We didn't get any of these things for today, so I'm using well, yesterday's, good, but I kind of use them awesome. for. Uh, it's brought to you by uh, this hour of the program, brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and the greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Lanny McDonald coming up at the bottom of the hour, about 7 35. Pleased to be joined, though, by... And now we didn't do this yesterday. This is another thing Uh-oh. that I got to do because... Sponsor. NHL Insider, Frank Saravalli. You got to read the tank? South Trail Exports. Ooh. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. Frank Saravalli. DailyFaceOff.com. A day late, NHL, but in studio, we'll take in it. In studio. That, I said to Peter yesterday, I got bad news, I got good news. And I said, oh, no, Frank, today, but tomorrow. Maybe in studio. He was very excited. I thought that was all good news. Did I did I meet your expectations? So far, yeah. So far, so I, good. I actually have a funny story. Um, so Jim Rutherford, president of Hockey Ops in Vancouver, first time I ever met him, standing outside the Flyers locker room in Philly, and he comes up to me. He's like, hey, are you Frank? I was like, yeah. He's like, God, you look so much better in your online photo. Really? Hey, thanks, Jim. <laughs> Why, why is Jim creeping you? What's yeah, going on, Jimmy? What are you yeah, doing on, on the internet? I agree. You agree. Uh, so yesterday you fly in. It, we're, we were. It feels like there's a lot of media that are now coming to town, whether it's mm. TSN, Sportsnet, as they, as, they, as they should. I. We usually don't get a lot of attention out here. We're kind of the neglected child after the Leafs or the Habs or whatever. So the... the well, to be fair, in thing. our nation, that the focus would be here, or even beyond our nation, that people would be, hey, this is that Battle of Alberta thing. Kind of cool for our two little cities here. Take this series and just shoot it right into my veins. I feel the I same mean, way. Like, that's yeah. that's how I feel. If you're a hockey fan, I, I don't care if you're a casual hockey fan in the U.S. You're watching this series. I feel the same way about Battle of Florida. That, that, like, we saw them scrapping in Orlando in the preseason this year. They finally meet in the playoffs last year. The Cats are finally like, okay, now they're competitive. These games, staggering nights, perfect. I know there's one back-to-back in that one, but I, I think this is great for hockey to have both these rivalries in round two. No doubt. And, and that's like this is how you grow the game in 100%. the U.S. You, it, I mean, this, this Battle of Alberta is on ESPN. And not ESPN2, it's on the main network. Yeah. Leading get- right into SportsCenter. That's a huge deal. Kachuk, Goudreau, American kids, and beyond that, they've got you know Hannafin and that. But it's and then you got McDavid on the other side, who's the best in the game. I, I just don't see how it doesn't live up to expectations. I guess it can if it's just really lopsided one way or the other. Or I, I but I still I just don't know. And I'm not I'm not even expecting scraps or anything like it used to be i just think the intensity the emotion the adrenaline because there's we talk about yeah there's the two things there's the desire to the win and there's the please don't lose to these guys i feel like that's Mm -hmm. almost more what it is probably drives them more than that yeah Yeah. i don't know if everybody's sitting here thinking well you can't win the cup if you don't get out of this round no it's just don't lose to those clowns don't lose to them cities yeah which is awesome. Now you know all about hate. You're from Philly. <laughs> you know everything Welcome about home. hate and people. As, as I mentioned last week, 
that's the best part about Phillies. We don't discriminate. We hate everyone equally. That's right. It's very kind. Like of you me. must have. I saw the emotional. You know, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin yesterday. You must have just been loving it. Mm. Cackling. Yeah, that'd be terrible if Latang can't come back. Chortling. Go bleep yourself. <laughs> I, I was telling you, I didn't realize it was neat for me to get out to that that part. I went on a on a road trip, and I actually looked back to see it was in 2010. Went to Madison Square Garden, did the Rangers, Devils, Flyers, and then into Pittsburgh. And it was at the Jersey game. It was a, kind of a Flames trip thing. And I was, we were in one of the suites. And there was somebody there, just a hockey fan. He's like, oh, yeah, this, that. Oh, that's cool. You're Calgary. This, oh, yeah, nice guy. So what are you doing uh, after this? Well, we go, uh, go down to Philly and then into Pittsburgh. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, have a good time. And if you see Crosby, punch him in the fucking mouth for me. There you are. Oh. All right. All Sounds right. about right. All right, then. Very good. So that is a Islanders, Rangers have their thing. Mm-hmm. And it is Flyers, Penguins, they have their thing. So this, we're trying to keep up with you guys, basically. This, this rivalry transcends all of that, though. It really does. Yeah. I mean, the like the playoff battles in the 80s was where it was born, obviously. And, you know, you, you look at some of the other intense rivalry, and they, they wane at times, right? Like, Flyers-Penguins hasn't been as good of late because the One Flyers haven't been good. very good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had this long stretch with the Battle of Alberta, even though the games mattered in the regular season to those fan bases. The teams also weren't very good for a long time, or one was and the other one wasn't. And now, finally, it feels like after two, it feels like two decades, really, 15, 20 years, that it, it's really just gone to the next level since, you know, the Flames started adding pieces, the Oilers get McDavid, all of a sudden, it's back. Yeah. I wanted to play this for you, because I know you'll, because you, you did work, and I couldn't get uh, the story, because apparently you need to pay to get the Enquirer or whatever, but <laughs> cheap perk. writing the uh, writing the game story for this Flames-Flyers game back on November 26, 2010, it was American Thanksgiving, I remember the day before the game, Flames had ice to go and practice, and the rink staff were pissed off, don't you know it's Thanksgiving? Like, you guys have to skate today? That, so they had to come to the rink to let everybody in? They were foul. They were real foul, which was, again, kind of a Philly thing. They, uh, the game goes to overtime. So Bobrovsky in his first shootout now has to stop Rene Bork, or else the Flames will win the hockey game. Here comes Bork straight on in. He scores! Rene Bork beats Bobrovsky, and the Flames win the shootout 2-1. to one. And the game, 3-2, to two, a controversial ending for sure. The Flyers definitely had one taken away from them, but the Calgary Flames stay with this game. Kiprasov played great. And then Rene Bork ends up winning it in the shootout right there with a quick wrist shot beating Sergei Bobrovsky. So it's Bobrovsky and Ned, it's Kiprasov. They get to overtime, and then they get to a shootout, but it was in overtime where the Avery rule came into effect. Ah. Chris Pronger parked in front of the net was putting his glove in front of Kiprasov's face and back. Because remember, Avery did that to Marty Brodeur, turned and tried to screen him. You couldn't do that anymore. Penalty, goal taken away, Flyer fans not happy. Right. And then losing a shootout. Does that one ring a bell? It does. Yeah. Peak, that just hearing the soundtrack in the background, peak Philly. It is peak Philly. And I was going to say there was, uh, ran into two, two lovely ladies, a, a, a mother and daughter had their Flames jerseys on, and it was their thing. They were going to every road rink in the NHL, Mm -hmm. and they were there for the uh, afternoon start, Flyers-Flames. 
And with how the day went, they were not popular in the building on the way out. Mm. I mean, you think of Shocked. any offside word you could say to a lady. Mm. Her daughter. And her daughter. Vulgar. Go back to Canada. Get out of here. You. Thank you for visiting. Safe travel. Really, really impressive. The, <laughs> I was When I was 12, I took my buddy to an Eagles-Packers game, and he wore a Brett Favre jersey. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, that was a mistake. What a town. What a town. <laughs> he was getting spit on the entire game. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we were 12. <laughs> let's, well, let's, you're the NHL insider. We'll come back on the, uh, on the Battle of Alberta in a moment. Barry Trotz, Winnipeg, gets the interview. Is that a, do you feel like that's a done deal? Manitoba guy or now with the Vegas thing, does that maybe change? I don't know if that's a done deal, but by the way, does Barry Trotz even need an interview? Like how, I was going to say, what are you going to, exactly? what are you learning? Like you here? walk in and you're like, well, nice to meet you. And it's like, okay, do you want the job? Yeah. Let's take a look at your resume. Oh, one of the top five pretty much across the board. Okay. Well, it seems like you're qualified. I, I feel like that's a come on in. Let's get to know each other so that we maybe can shave it down a half million dollars a year from like the five you probably want elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense if only because it'll come of... down to money though. Well, and that's probably why they want him in the room. Like, is not, this going to be a fit culturally, underpaid, right? But like, no, they'll be happy to pay him. You know what a top coach would get, right? I think his his deal with the Islanders, I believe, was five years, twenty million dollars, so four a year. It was really the first time that he had been paid like that in his life, and it, obviously pretty gratifying. He leaves Washington, wins the cup. They don't they don't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. They had some weird clause where he was going to get paid, but it wasn't anywhere near market, and so that's where there was that weird song, that tap dance around the end of the year after they won the cup, right? Yeah, but all these teams get themselves into so much trouble trying to go out and then find the next Barry Trotz. Why not just keep just the guy keep, and pay yeah, him? 100%. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, like... It, you know, the, the Flames really took a long time to find their coach. How many did they go through? Four? It's been a lot, yeah. In the last few years? Mm-hmm. Four in the last five so years? So Johnny's played for Hartley, and then clearly you've got uh, Gullitson, Gullitson, Peters, Peters, Ward. Yeah, there's been a lot. And now Sutter. Yeah, in a very short, amount, very short amount of time. Benefit. And, yeah. So I wonder for Barry Trotz, and we can move on, but for him, if he goes to Winnipeg, you feel like that's so that he's close to it's, home. Yeah, it's not a done deal, but Dauphin, Manitoba guy, and yeah. I'm sure, you know, would love that opportunity. I also think when you look at that team, you say this this is one that really underachieved, and you mm-hmm. have the ability to step in and do something right away. It's not like it's going to be a three- or four-year process to get to where you want to get to. Right, like so if Philly's interested in trots, he's looking at that roster thing like, ooh, do I want a piece of this? Whereas I feel like Winnipeg's a lot closer. You had said at the beginning of the year, like, this, look over this team, and I, I like them too. I thought but they had to bring it up, didn't you? Yeah, had yeah. to bring it up. But what about Vegas? Well, I, and that's the big wild card. Because to it, me, they're closer than the Jets are. Oh, for sure. And also, it's, you know, where have they yielded in the pursuit of a top free agent anything? Like, they just, like, they'll offer way too much. They'll do whatever it takes to get Barry Trotz if they think that's their guy, won't they? I think so, but I don't know that you'd want the chaos. Like, Vegas is a whole different animal. It is and now, it, isn't it? it it's I guess become so. a circus. Like, it really has with the guys that have been in and out of there, their cap issues, um, the the angst that existed previously between coach and GM that they went back and forth with each other through the media. Like if, if people were reading between the lines of what happened starting their goalies down the stretch between yeah. Pete DeBoer and Kelly McCrimmon, it was crazy. You know what? You kind of made me aware of that. I didn't realize, I guess I hadn't been paying close enough attention, but that they came out and said that 
Robin Leonard's fine. He can play. When in fact he I was not yeah. fine. He was far from being okay. I believe the the exact quote was he is healthy and quote well rested. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, well, there's some internal issues there. Holy. Uh, well, Leonard's still under contract, so that's that's going to be part of it for any coach moving yeah. forward. How do you you know? And I don't think Leonard's an issue at all. I'm just saying it speaks to the larger pro. And if you're Barry Trotz and you're sitting there going, okay, Vegas, good team, chaotic situation. He could potentially come in and provide some structure, but you need guardrails between yourself and and the manager that I don't know that he's capable of, you know, putting into place. And then you look at Winnipeg, you go, okay, Kevin Cheveldayoff, really mild-mannered, you know, classy guy. The the team has, you know, been operating well. Like, you know, what? why wouldn't you? One's an incredibly loyal franchise, and the other's proven to have none as long as there's someone better than you available, right? Exactly. Januaries are a little different in Vegas than Winnipeg. That's true, too. You know, be the only thing, but I'm not sure that matters, too. What are the pool parties like in January in Winnipeg? It's amazing. I bet they're pretty good. (laughs) Double back on on Pittsburgh. We saw what happened there. Is is Malkin done? Does he come? Do they bring, do they manage to bring everybody back? I would rank the, the guys that have a chance to come back in Pittsburgh in the order of Latang one, Malkin two, Russ three. Russ's gonna get paid, eh? He's gonna be this this summer's Coleman Hyman type of a player. Yeah, Thirty years more, old, more Hyman than Coleman. Yeah, and it might have been you that said it the other day. I don't. I kept trying to remember, but there's a guy that hasn't cashed in, and this is his real chance for a payday. Not unlike Coleman this past offseason, boom, because he had that low money deal, which is why Tampa brought him in at the price of a first. But like, this is his one chance to get all the monies. Yeah, he's not taking a discount. There's no hometown discount. Whereas Malkin and Latang, very different stories. Yeah, I mean, what was the quote from Malkin earlier this year? I rich guy. Yeah, I, I, mean, I what, rich yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got rich guy tastes. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's made a hundred and ten million dollars, something Jeez. like that. Crazy. And Russ's a good player. You watch. Player. You watch that Pittsburgh team, and it's he's not. Just hanging around. He's not saddlebags on one of those top two lines. He's he's, he's, a he's helping drive. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is with Russ, the only question I think is just the injuries this year. Does that? I don't think it impacts him at all, money wise. But I'd be curious about that. He's uh, thirty. Top bid will be yeah. a nice number there. That's and again, free agency like five years times what? Five or six seems reasonable. Yeah, five, seven, five, six somewhere in that neighborhood. We saw Colorado kind of flex their muscle quickly last night. What was it? Uh, what were the shots? 54-25. Now, I guess we can appreciate what it is to have a lopsided shot total and then have to go to overtime or have it be a one-goal game. What a missed opportunity right? for the Blues, though. It was, right? You got this team that you know hasn't played in eight days. You score first. You tie it. You get to extra time. And then you don't get a shot on goal in, in overtime. 13-zip, I think 13 it was. 13-zip. Yeah. Crazy. Where's Bennington play next year? St. Louis. Yeah, no one's taking say, that contract. Unless he's the Con Smythe again. What they do with Huso is more interesting. He's the U. Who's yeah, Huso's he's leaving him. They knew they knew he was leaving. But I'm I'm just shocked the way that the first round played out in that first off, full full marks to Craig Berube, he pushed every right button mm-hmm. in round one. It's a big move going from Huso, the guy that carried you all season couple games and out and you go to Bennington and he was like, okay, maybe they're just looking for a spark here. He gets in and not relinquishing the net. And he was good last night. Obviously you make that many saves. He's not the reason they lose that game. Post two though. Jeez. There was a lot. 
and hadn't and again much like when they the year they won the cup you didn't have super high hopes with him coming in that he was going to be able to save a series he was dreadful his numbers were not good at all in the playoffs or even in the regular season that's how the door opened for for uh, who's a half goal better per play. game we'd noted that yesterday this season so what's your read on Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary Parents are in town, flying to town. Uncle's coming in. The big OT game seven winner. Everybody loves Johnny. I'm proud of Johnny. Head Married. Coach. I believe he's got a kid on the way. Mm-hmm. This is old man Johnny hockey now all of a sudden. It's crazy how that the, happens, isn't it? The field. It's a pandemic yeah. away from being a, a youngster. Because we talked about it all year. They're not going to get a deal before the end of the season. So this is, for a guy that's played his whole career, it's still in a weird way a bit of a test drive maybe for Goudreau. Well, it was until maybe Game 7. Fair. That that sort of was the one was thing the he old, had to that dispel, That was the big right? knock, right? Yeah. And he, he did it in... That, go, that was a signature moment for Johnny Goudreau. But I even mean on the other side. If it's another first-round exit in embarrassing fashion, for Johnny, am I coming back? What's my relationship like with this coach? What are, are my line mates back? That whole thing, because when you go to free agency, it can get sexy. I just wonder, it's a pretty good environment right now for Johnny. Mm-hmm. He's got to be loving his life here. Is he a, is he a flame moving forward? I, I, I don't know. I really, like, I, I, if I were to handicap it, I would say lean more towards yes but it's pretty close to 50 50 and i I think this series matters in that um i i think the the more successful this team is the more this team's willing to give him huge dough but also his willingness to be here i don't think he's gonna say oh we made it out of round one twice in a decade this is the place for me if he has success under sutter if he thinks that you know he and kachuk can be a pair for a long time together I, i think it bodes well for both of those guys inking long-term deals here, the further this goes for them. And you probably could even start to sell maybe a hair under market to keep the band together if you really believe in the band. But you can't do that if you're just out yeah. in round two. You're not selling under market. It's not happening. That's, I, that, that's the big thing is if, if the Flames are going to keep him, they got to pay market, I think. You do have the luxury of the extra year in terms of total bucks. But it's... I, I've said it for, I just don't know what this team looks like if he just leaves. I agree. Because you can take. That's, that's why you, you the teams don't. have to throw everything they can at yeah. him. But the thing is, what is that? What is the number? I, I think when we, we look at where he's at in his career and the term that he's going to get, it'll be seven if it's July 13. It'll be eight if he resigns with the Flames before then. This is a total, total dollars game. This isn't an AAV game. So if you put say $85 million on the table or 84, that's what, 10 and a half a year? No one can come close. You would have to go, what, 11 plus on an AAV, almost 12 for a, a team on July 13 to match the total dollars the Flames have. It seems so innocuous and minor and minute a detail. That eighth year might save the Flames. Yeah, it's totally possible. But to think that there's going to be any sort of discount for, hey, let's, no, you know, right, let's yeah. keep this together, it's just... Let me know when you, you got to go. Happening. No. Because I know you've got uh, nine. I got four more shows to get through <laughs> until the morning skate. That's it. Until morning skate. Yeah. Like, right, okay. Easy day. Okay. Well, because we'll, uh, we'll get you out of here. I feel bad that uh, we only have you for a short amount of time. Uh, Matthew Kachuk. Where has he been? Well. I don't know if he's, he's a hundo, but he was there in game, game seven. seven. That was important. That's a big goal there. That's, that's the X factor to the series for me. I almost wondered if he got. Have you ever when seen he got someone tangled up or what it, with. 
that whole Klingberg thing through he's the looking first... at his hand in the box in game two. There's, there's. I didn't think he was moving as well. If if he had a sore paw and something lower body, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't, I don't know the answer. So because it went. Well, from, you're not, yeah, no one's yeah. telling you anything this time, right? Forty. Well, 40 I do goals, get some injury points. stuff, but not. Yeah. I didn't, not nothing there. Tanev played tonight. You got that intel? I don't. Um, man, it would be such a boost if he did. I think he goes if he was skating yesterday. I agree. And he's a guy that if there's anyone that can labor through oof, some nasty stuff, it's him. And they'll probably they have the option of 7D, Dean, that we've seen a lot. They really liked against Dallas. Stone games. has been a nice little. Big time. Four, five, six. It's been a big piece, a little weapon you can throw out there every now and again. That, he likes to shoot it. Yeah, Not many 7th D come in it. and can go both special teams and be decent at five on five, right? And if you need to park him for eight or ten minutes to then throw him out later, he yeah. doesn't seem phased, which is such a big part of it. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Wait, we, we, we played we in the last, you know, got tangled up with Mikey. Mikey Anderson in what, game six? Played game seven. He's a little ginger. What do you know? What are you hearing about so Dreisaitl? The Oilers said yesterday he will play yeah. in game one. I, you know, you go back and forth on the high ankle sprain because some people say, okay, even if he does sit out a week, it's not really going to change it. So it is what it is. My question is, you know, if that's one of those things that you're you're shooting up in a game seven, can you do that seven more times or however mm. many more you need? Like, yeah. it, it's just. That's tough. You'll try. That's right? a really painful injury. And I think that's a big part of why they put him with McDavid. Like He's not at the point where it's like, okay, carry your own line. That, that's a better spot for him on the wing of the most dominant player in the game than trying to do his own thing away from him, right? It also means you need to skate a lot, though. Fair. Um, there's no getting around it. There just isn't. He, just, he doesn't look right. Uh, obviously, he's no. 75%, maybe. Might be less than that, but it's... Now you were gonna throw the brakes on me there before uh, I we, went away from just Matthew Kachuk. Like, have you I, ever uh, seen a player that's was born for the Battle of Alberta like him? Well, we were, that's why we, I said X Factor. Like, we were talking about that coming into last round too, because he was playing so well. And I mean, Coleman talked about it. Uh, he's like, this guy, we have this guy's. He's the engine of the team, the, the whole thing. Had a very complimentary. We haven't seen the best yet of Matthew Kachuk, and then the playoffs started. But there's no hate with Dallas. And it's like, I, I, I just wonder if he's, what, what his health is. Well, he got distracted by the extracurriculars, I thought, early in the series, and then I wondered about how right he was after that health-wise, but you needed him in a big spot in Game 7, and he was there. Ottinger was an absolute brick wall, and 2-2 two, two to tie the game, it's a massive, massive spot for him to re-emerge, so to speak, after a pretty quiet series. Totally agree, and that's why I think you know managing those emotions. You talked about the extracurriculars. That's going to be the key for both teams in the series because, you know, you look at how hot this is going to be running. the The other thing is, you know, if you're the Flames and you have the ability with your penalty kill to frustrate the Oilers and their stars, you know, we talk a lot about momentum and what that means in a playoff series, and it's the word you hear 27 times on a broadcast. Mm -hmm. If you can, it's not so much the kill or or the time of a power play goal, it's it's really, you know, what happens after that? You know, if you get a big kill and you're frustrating their stars, not only can your team, you know, build off that, but their team might go the other direction. I wonder when you think of Cassian, if you can do a Cassian-Kachuk trade-off if you're the Oilers, you'd love I that. I think so, yeah. You don't want the, the, him dealing. You'd rather have Branson or Lucic doing that trade-off. Yeah. 
Ditto with Kane the other way. Kane's a big part, if, especially if Leon's not 100%. Yeah. You could get a bottom half of the roster player tangled up with Kane and they both go. That's a good trade mm. for Calgary. So what's going on with Daily Faceoff? <laughs> Just this. Just Round everything? Yeah. I texted you the other day. I say, I, every time I go on Twitter or whatever, there's another, there's, there's Frank's face talking with Jason Gray. Oh, there's Frank with somebody else. There's Frank's article on this. Fra- a lot of Frank. I'm sick, yeah, I'm sick of myself. It's a lot of Frank, which Way I'm fine too much, with it. More Frank than anyone ever needed. I'm no, glad I'm, we got you out of captivity and back into the wild and yeah. the natural habitat in Western Canada. You, you know, get, get out of that office in front of the camera. When's the last Act time like you, a human uh, again. Yeah, when's the last time you've been in Calgary? Uh, I was in Calgary in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, not too long ago. Not that bad. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, glad to be back. I mean, this. what's so, better than this? I've never seen a playoff game at the Dome. So. Oh, my God. Buckle up. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll, we'll test your stamina. See what you got. This back whole in the series road. might test my stamina. Yeah, that's what I mean. In, in more ways than yeah, one. I know. Well, I got gotcha. you. Now, did you pick the Oilers in this series? I did. Oilers oh, in seven. Boy. Now, here's the thing. Hmm before you groan the flames have an opportunity to make this a short series the oilers do not hmm. but and this is my thought process if it is a deep series i'm betting on connor mcdavid in game seven every time we watched him in games five late with 10 minutes left six and seven completely single-handedly change how la edmonton felt they scored six goals in game six and seven Connor McDavid factored into five of them. Mm-hmm. 14, no, I, 14 points in the first round, the most since 2012 by any single player. To watch him elevate, I wasn't aware that he could elevate from the the spot where he's generally at. That, that game that they lost in overtime, how LA won that thing early in the overtime frame, if, if regulation was another two or three minutes, that thing was over in regulation, the Oilers win that thing. And then, yeah, watching him in Game 7, he was not going to be denied. How does Sutter, how do the Flames try and contain him? You can't. You can try. You try. Just a matter of when. Yeah. And, and, and you know what you said, the penalty the kill? Damage? That's scary. You'd had the notes, what, 48% in the regular season regular series? Regular season series, on the 48 point something. That's where Connor ate against the Flames this year. And that's where games that should have been competitive weren't, and games the Flames dominated 5-on-5, five five. they lost because of that. Even in the, the Dolly Parton 9-5, what did they have, four power play goals? Three? Like, it was wacko. And the Oilers were good on the power play in round one, 36%. Yeah. But the Flames were good on the PK, 93%, I think. So... What I think what Flames fans are clinging to is that you're not going to get an Ottinger performance out of Mike Smith. I'll tell you what, though. He, he looked really dialed in, and you guys have seen playoff Mike Smith mm-hmm, firsthand. Yeah. He's fully capable of, you know, give all you need is just competent goaltending and don't throw any pizzas up the middle. I listen to you. You do have the Oilers in seven. That's all right. That's all right. We'll have you back here Maybe. morning of game seven. <laughs> Depending how we'll it goes. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. If I'm still here. Still standing. Thanks for coming by. Enjoy your time in Calgary. It's a beauty time of year here. Just greened up for you. But it's just a little too chilly. Just the mornings. You'll be fine by the afternoon. Settle down. You know what? Philadelphia is the city that... I should have packed a jacket. Soft. Philly's the town that kept me... uh, That was the last draft I ever did. Philadelphia. So humid and hot and sweaty there. Trying to wear a suit and a shirt and tie and that muck. The swass got you. Total swass. Never again. Couldn't do it. I don't know how you do it.
Oh, thank God this is in Vegas during the playoffs. Mm. That place nearly killed me. <laughs> Good to see for, you. For a lot of reasons. I was going to say. We're here every day. You want to come by? All you, right. you come by. We're here every day. A short walk. Only yeah. every day. Yeah. Sweet. Beauty. Frank Valley, our NHL insider, brought to you by South Trail Exports. Inventory shortages across the city. It's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. Tight turn. Lanny McDonald. When we come back, Sportsnet 960, the fan. On Boomer in the Morning, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. In the crease, two unlikely combatants in the Fisticuff Department, Acton and McDonald, are threatening to go at it. That kind of a fight nobody might win. They bet a little on McDonald. He's not the speed skater, but he's a little stronger than Keith. Acton has that fighter's stare, though. Well, we're going to see whether he can take a punch here. Lanny McDonald has had enough of the stare. And Acton has watched a lot of fights in his career and is doing a masterful job at hanging on. <laughs> Subtle jabs at uh, Keith Acton there. Mm. The, the fighter's stare. He's watched a lot of scraps over the years. And he did hang on against one of the greatest Calgary Flames of all time. His number hangs from the rafters. It's the Battle of Alberta. Who See better? Tonight, up top. Lanny McDonald. Lanny, good morning, sir. How are you? The Hall of Famer, Lanny. Yes, sir. Well, good morning, guys. Uh, how exciting is today or what? I, I'm I'm with you 100%. I, and I'm, I'm kind of happy for everybody. I, we're the, even Oilers fans. We all deserve this, that... You get you get through COVID, you miss playoffs, all of that sort of thing, and now that we would get this, how aren't you excited, right? No, that's exactly it, and there are so many storylines going along with this. Uh, it it should be a barn burner. Uh, the roof will come off. Uh, oh, well, let's hope not. Now, before we get too far away from that clip, I know you've told the story with us on on the air before. Uh, you, you were never a fan of Keith Acton, regardless over the years, right? Mm-hmm. No, he, you know what, he was one of those little pests that just wouldn't go away. And it was uh, one of those five-on-fives that, uh, hey, uh, thank goodness I didn't end up with uh, Semenko or Don Jackson. And uh, uh, he was just being a little obnoxious puke. And so, so... uh, he kept saying, oh, no, no, like, we're fine. No, we're not fine. I'm sick and tired of you. And uh, uh, no one could come to his rescue, so it was perfect. Yeah, you were you were throwing and he was catching. That was, uh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a Danny. I, I, I love those fights. Yeah, those are, those are the best kind, aren't they? Now, I looked this morning, your, your time in Calgary, you come here in uh, November 25th of 81, you played the Oilers in seven total Battle of Alberta games over the course of your Flames career. Uh, now, unfortunately, we know probably how those years ended for the most part. But uh, actually, no, it's more than that. It's, uh, it's, it's over 20. It might be 21. I think I maybe missed one, one round in there. So you, you've got plenty. But then there's the regular season. By the time you were done your career, you were, you were finished with the Oilers. 
no, you're never finished with them. Uh, it, it was so much fun. Uh, if you couldn't get up for a game against Oilers, you shouldn't have been playing, period. Um, and it, you know what? It's bragging rights for Alberta. Uh, everyone wanted this, and now it's here. And, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, you, you look at uh, Mike Smith, uh, Chris Russell on their side. You look at uh, Luch on our side. Uh, uh, it's uh, Alberta. Who, who wants to claim the province? Uh, it's great for the economy. There, there is so many great lines, and, and people, yes, have been waiting a long time for this, and it's finally here. And, Lanny, it's only going to shave like two, three, four years off our life, right? Beautiful. What a trade-off. Yeah, well, <laughs> after Game 7 against Dallas, uh, if you weren't uh, faint of heart at that point, uh, my gosh, that overtime uh, and that entire series – having outplayed them, but not finding a way to win game four. And game four, that's tough to win. And now you go right back to uh, game one and you uh, try and find a way to win that first one. And, oh, my gosh, uh, tonight should be so good. We had Corey Sarich in studio days after games on the mornings here, and he talked about, like, geez, this is different. He was going to the games wearing the jersey, cheering for the team. He's like, this is more nerve-wracking than actually playing in, in, in these games. When you played, you could at least control the outcome. He, he sort of thought it was a helpless, nervous feeling. Uh, you're, you're well beyond the playing days further than Corey, but is, is, is it more difficult to watch than it is to play in some weird way? Well, you're such a fan uh, these days. It, it has been one or two years. Uh, in fact, there was a lady asked uh, when I went in for Game 7, uh, just outside the dome, and she said, Lanny, are you playing tonight? I said, are you kidding? <laughs> like, uh, those days are so long gone. Uh, but as a fan, you are so excited, and it was nerve-wracking. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ottinger, like, he stole, like, so many great scoring chances, took him away, and the fact that he, uh, he even stopped two in a row before Johnny finally scores. God, that was good. Now, I, th- there's been some video uh, floating around on the old interwebs, Lanny. Uh, you were you were right in the the belly of it. You were That's in with right. the fans. You were celebrating. There's some great video there's of some you. Some relief there. on his face too, <laughs> Dean. Uh, you know what? Uh, there is there is no better place to uh, be than in the middle of the fans. Uh, I was up in the iconic. Uh, club uh, uh, with uh, uh, Colin Patterson and and his daughter and my daughter and my grandson uh, and about 400 other people and it was rocking. Uh, It was so much fun. Uh, Everyone's high-fiving everyone, hugging people. No, it was good. How fitting was it for Gaudreau to get that goal? He's been knocked a little bit over the last few years, rightly or wrongly, for not being able to show up in the playoffs. And after, I guess, what, it was a quiet first two games, he came through in, in the final part of that series and to get the overtime winner. There's no, no better way to silence the doubters than getting the series winner. Well, absolutely. And, and you look at, uh, I think it was, was a game four uh, when he made the, the penalty shot. Uh, he has, he has played great. Uh, and, and yeah, I think he silenced a whole lot of, uh, 
critics or doubters uh, uh, and to have to fully score in the final game uh, his first uh, Kachuk uh, score. So those are all great positives uh, heading into uh, round two. It's a different time. Obviously, the Battle of Alberta will have a, a different feel to it, but I have no doubt that there's going to be that the energy is going to be through the roof. For you, what was it like before playoff games against the Oilers? Back then, obviously, we know what the Oilers were a powerhouse, but also you could get into an absolute brawl. The benches would, could clear. Were you excited for it? Were you a little apprehensive about it? I can't imagine what that emotion must be like before you take the ice. Uh, no, you, you were not apprehensive at all. If you were, uh, you were in trouble. You looked forward to it. Uh, you knew you had to be ready, uh, whether it was uh, trying to score a goal, uh, making a big play uh, uh, on defense, uh, or uh, if shenanigans happen, you better be ready to go uh, because your team's counting on you. And, uh, oh, no, it, it was so much fun. So what was it like traveling to enemy territory? I think this is maybe the biggest change from the 80s till now of – like it, it sounded like when you went out for meals, there wasn't even a trust that that was quote clean food. That that, that hotel staff were against you. That you couldn't even <laughs> spend your money and get treated properly. Is that fair? Oh, I I think uh, between management and coaching staff, uh, they made sure that we were well taken care of. Uh, uh, no, they, they, there's a point where you draw the line, and and you couldn't wait. To get on the ice, yes, you're you're nervous uh, before the game, uh, trying to make sure you were ready. But the second you step on the ice, all of that is gone. And okay, game on. I thought it was kind of interesting yesterday. Daryl was asked about the Battle of Alberta, and he talked about the, the things that bring Albertans together. And it's you've got uh, you've got sports and you've got the church and you've got music. And I guess when you think of country music and the Calgary Stampede and all of that, and it used to be whatever Klondike days up in Edmonton and and sports for sure. It it is a weird way, at least today. We'll see how it goes in the next few uh, the next few days. But it almost feels like everyone's all in this together. It is a celebration of these two teams of the sport and. Not very often do you get Edmonton and Calgary people shoulder to shoulder kind of getting ready for something like this. Well, I think it's great. And you look at the matchups around the league, uh, the two teams in Florida, you you look at uh, uh, last night in the Avalanche in St. Louis and what a tight game that was. And and, uh, even an original six uh, like the Rangers going against Carolina. And then our... Uh, Battle of Alberta, yes, it'll be so much fun, and and I hope uh, uh, that Calgary treats Oiler fans uh, great, and Oiler fans treat Calgary great. I mean, this is such a great game. Uh, we wanted this uh, rivalry and matchup forever, and we got it. Uh, so you know what? Uh, enjoy it, and let the best team win. So face washes, but no sucker punches. That's the rule in the three hundreds, right? <laughs> Maybe a little tap on the back of the head. <laughs> no, I was going to say you'll be up. Uh, you'll be up in the club there. You just keep an eye on those uh, on those Oiler jerseys. I, if the, any Oilers alumni have the nerve to come down here, laddie, I'm throwing all those rules out the window. Okay, you you square uh, off with I, who I, you need to. 
I, I totally got it. Uh, I get it. Uh, but uh, no, it, it'll be uh, polite, but to a point. Now, would you go up to Edmonton for to watch a game, or is that something you wouldn't be interested in doing? Well, normally I would. Uh, I actually have to leave uh, uh, to uh, go to Finland to the World Championships for uh, five days and on Friday and come back uh, for Game uh, 5 uh, for our golf tournament in Game 5 and can't wait so a better uh, uh, golf in a hurry uh, so that uh, we can get down to the Dome and cheer the boys on again. Yeah, if... Game five, if necessary, if the Flames haven't taken there their you business go. before then. That's right. Maybe you won't have to rush that golf game. Take Maybe time. Take 36. Never know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Lanny, appreciate it. Uh, everybody loves you. Love having you on. Great to see safe, you at home. Yeah, safe travels, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking before a few more rounds yet this uh, postseason. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, go Flames, go. Be good, pal. Good to talk to you. All right. Lanny McDonald. Number nine, number one in your heart. The video of him, if you haven't seen it, I'm guessing you could just Google it. The Keith Acton fight you're talking about? No, no, the the Gaudreau goal the other night. Oh, yes, it's so good. It is legitimate relief. You can, it's it's it just had a huge sigh of relief. It's fans are kind of all over him. They're holding them up. It's amazing, and I say it all the time. There's no one more beloved than than Lanny McDonald. You see him at the rink. He's got time for you. Great guy. And he is right. He is right. Let's, Great human. Let's, you know, I said it yesterday. Just trying to appeal to people. Let's keep our head on straight. We don't need to be on CNN looking like a bunch of hooligans out here. We can have our $12 beers and still manage to keep our wits about us, right? Is that what they go for now? Oh, jeez. Not that. Just yeah. keeping our wits. Like, you do understand what you're asking for. Yeah, right? I know. I mean, I know. You, it's definitely something you, like, okay, kids, we're going to go to this party, and there's going to be all kinds of candy and, like, best behavior, or someone's going to get timed out. Well, good luck. I know it's good intentions, Dean, but good luck. That is hour number two of the program. What an hour it was. What an hour it was, indeed. And it's a presentation. Mm-hmm. I need these. Uh... How you doing there? It's really good. Yeah. Uh, brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and the greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Code word for Game 1 tickets potentially could be you. Stand by. Look back at last night and day two of the second round. We make our picks between now and the top of 9 o'clock. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.